everybody saying C Space City. Hey. <laughs> Let's see what we can put together tonight, boys. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Reviewing, viewing, and previewing sports, entertainment, and events. Dirty Dina Studio presents C Space City, starring Alan, Ricky, and Brian. Welcome to the Sea Space City Podcast. It is I, the Podfather Brian, here with the real stars of the show, Alan and Ricky. We are back to going via satellite. We uh, we don't have everybody in the studio today, but uh, good to see you boys all the same. Alan, how you doing? Ooh, man, I am... Uh... As refreshed as I can be, I had a Sunday and a Monday and a Tuesday off, so you know, we've been uh, just chilling, chilling like the villains that we are, and uh, you know, especially chilling after the big poker win from last Monday. Um, that's that's where right. We left off. Alan is the champion. The champion. <laughs> I finally got one over Jeremiah, who, you know, he got me like three times in a row, so that was pretty rough. But, man, I I, I was short-stacked. Ricky was like, man, Alan doesn't even have enough for a, a big blind right there with 3K <laughs> left. 3K turned into 12K, 12 to 24, and right there I was already over the hill, baby, to survival. Yeah, Alan took a all big in, stack. Man. Alan went all in, ballsy move, and it played out. It play, paid off, man. Paid off real well. I mean, the champ is Alan, here. The champ is here. <laughs> Alan got one of our bigger uh, poker payouts. That was our one of our bigger games. <laughs> yeah, Nine people like rolled in for that one. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Can't complain. So, well, at least a third of the podcast is well-rested. Ricky, how are you doing? <laughs> Still a little tired. <laughs> Hanging out with uh, Cheryl Swoops and J.J. Uh, Watt and C.J. Stroud over the weekend. Not, not. I, I, I really um, uh, stretched that word "hanging out" with them, but they were at least in the building. So <laughs> chilling in the sure, same building, you know. Shared the same roof. <laughs> I always get C.J. Stroud and uh, Bryce Young mixed up because. Uh, CJ Shroud comes walking by. He comes walking by, and he walked right in front of my uh, DJ station or whatever right there. And, uh, yeah, he was like an inch or two taller than I am. <laughs> so he is not Bryce Young. He is actually he is actually quite tall. <laughs> yeah, I think I got him mixed up, too, talking about him during the draft season. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he's a pretty, he's pretty tall guy. Uh, the, the Carolina O-line definitely trumps uh, Bryce Young, so it's – it's pretty hard, you know, to, to choose that. But, hey, you chose it. Number one pick. I looked up and Bryce Young was like 5'9". But CJ yeah. Stroud is like yeah. a He's not, he's not short, you know. Like, I'm short 5'7", you know. I'm not going to say I'm tall. But, you know. No, that is short for football quarterback standards 5'9". That is quite short for football quarterbacks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I'm freaking exhausted. <laughs> Man, you know who wasn't exhausted and who was actually ready to perform? Mr. Joey Chestnut, because ain't no rain stopping this glizzy party, baby. Let's freaking go. Bro, the news kept on going around that morning. Oh, the 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 hot dog contest is canceled and it's not gonna happen. Nope. Went on. 
in all of its glory. It was fantastic. Gonna, it was brilliant. Why were they going to cancel it? Because of rain. I think it was like a weather delay or something like that. They ended up hitting a little bit of a weather delay, I think it was. Weather but, delay on the yeah. hot dog eating contest. I mean, you got the people table under there. a tent. It's well, a big I mean, deal. You don't though. want the hot dogs to get soggy pre going in your mouth. I was going to say, they dip them in water. Like, you're just saving them the step. You can see Joey <laughs> Chestnut set a record that will never be broken if it was raining. He wouldn't ladies even have to dip. Ladies and gentlemen, Alexander the Great won his final battle, and he looked upon the world, and he wept, seeing as there were no more worlds to conquer. However, he would be foolish enough not to know that one day, an amazing man that is undescribable, Joey Chestnut, would come around, for he would never get to gaze upon the glory that is Joey Chestnut and his never-ending gullet. Once again, Joey Chestnut has won, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that was a downright epic speech to say Joey Chestnut won. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to channel their uh, their announcer that they have doing the uh, Nathan's <laughs> hot dog. I love that guy. Like the the announce that that was my favorite part about the entire show. Like the way that he announced everybody coming out. Oh my god, this was it was brilliant. If you get a chance and and your stomach can't handle watching like the uh, the hot dog contest, if you could at least watch the announcements like of everyone coming out, please watch that. It's it's worth your it's worth your while. I love it. <laughs> We're so good. <laughs> I love a good quality entrance and introduction. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're but, my favorite. Uh, man, I, it's it's pretty amazing, man. These uh competitive eaters, uh, sometimes I get some some videos across my Facebook where it's like a 15 minute challenge and some guys like just guzzling down all this food for, you know, in the middle of nowhere, 10 pound eating challenge. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, fellas, there's, there's enough time to eat that stuff. You know, hot dogs and buns, Joey, Joey Chestnut. He did 62, 62. In like two minutes. 60. No, it wasn't oh, did two you minutes. Get the stats. Yeah. No, it wasn't two minutes. I, well, no, I watched it. I, on, I, I, didn't, I don't know how long it went. It was maybe about um, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes or something like that. But oh, it's yeah. that long? Yeah, it's that long. Yeah. I mean, still 62 hot dogs. I, I distinctly remember about this time last summer talking about how I, I pounded four in a couple beers and was so full I couldn't keep drinking. <laughs> but were they all watered and mushied up and everything you know <laughs> well i mean i was washing them down with rolling rocks so kind of <laughs> <laughs> joey chestnut coming into this thing was a minus five thousand favorite which means that you have to bet like a hundred dollars just to win two dollars so, yeah. <laughs> still a damn good bet you have to bet five thousand to win a hundred yeah that's yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. What happened to Kobayashi? 
I think I, I haven't watched the documentary yet, but they do have a thirty for thirty about this that I did uh, that I did download or uh, DVR or whatever. But I haven't watched it yet. But like, yeah, I saw that Kobayashi, some dude named Kobayashi. He was like the uh, the king back in the day. Yeah, and he, he was beat Joey, one. He beat uh, Joey Chestnut, and Joey Chestnut finally beat him. And it's been Joey Chestnut's game ever since. So I mean, he's insane. <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> How do you train for something like that? <laughs> I, I yeah, because so he ate. Here, here's the nutritional estimates of eating 62 hot dogs. <laughs> 70, 17,920 calories. 48,980 milligrams of sodium. 1,116 grams of total fat. 372 grams of saturated fat. 60 grams of trans fat, uh, 1,500 grams of total carbs, 62 grams of dietary fiber, uh, 124 grams of sugar, and 620 grams of protein. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a gorge right there, fellas. I mean, it's a minor miracle that they can eat that much and keep it down. When like and the thing is he's clearing the field by like eighteen hot dogs, like fourteen <laughs> hot dogs. He's pretty much like Tiger Woods of hot dog, you know? He's a Tiger right? Woods of the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> the Tiger Woods of hot dog eating. <laughs> Speaking of Tiger Woods, uh, they are holding the uh, hearings about the Live PGA merger. Oh, wow. And one of the details that came out was that there was an offer on the table as part of this merger that um, Tiger and Rory would both own a live team. Like they, they would or have what? their own. They would own live teams was part huh. of the uh, one of the one of the offers made during the merger talks. I think you'd probably have to do something like that because this. Those are like your two top stars, and then you kind of just kind of surprise this whole live PGA thing on them. So you're like, "Hey, how would you guys like to own a team? You know, <laughs> we we still need you on our side, and uh, you know, you can just make a bunch more money." <laughs> well, I don't even know how lucrative owning a team in live would actually be. Like, it's not like an NFL franchise; it's just like five golfers. Oh, I'm sure the Saudis are going to make it quite lucrative for them. <laughs> so if, if well, it's not, but if it's, like, if they're not already making money through the business wise, I'm sure the Saudis will make it up to them. They just want like I think they just want Tiger and Rory just on there just to be okay involved. with you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Are these teams live founded or are like yeah? Is, are they getting uh, payouts from like you know league? Uh, what would you say like? League money coming in, like league profits. I don't understand how these teams would work. Like, do they just compete against each other in these tournaments? Yeah. So the the team aspect of live golf is is kind of odd and interesting. But like every golfer in live is on a team, and okay. so they have you when they play their tournament, they will they will have you know everybody's individual scores. And then they take like the best four out of the five or six, and that's your team scores. 
And oh, so okay. you 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 get like you win so much for where you finish as an individual, but then you win more money for where you finish as a team. So like a team win gets the team like a million dollars or something. It's hmm. it's weird and kind of convoluted because it's not like it's not like the Ryder Cup where it's match play team. Like you are scratching and clawing for every point and and all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're both staring down intently. <laughs> like you're like no, because I'm, I'm trying to look up the news of the uh, the PGA Live deal. Yeah. Apparently, like the senators are they're having a they're having a Senate hearing about this thing. Yeah, because they're talking about like the Saudis trying to um, flex their this sort of muscle in the U.S. and yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> so I will say this: um, when it comes to the Saudis just blowing money on the PGA, um, let them do it. Let's get let let us get some of our oil money back. <laughs> Put that back into the American economy, Jeez Louise! What are you doing, Senators? We send the Saudis all this money. Let them give some back. I think it's it's crazy. Last year, uh, the Saudis decided to take over golf, and this year it seems like they're starting to take over the soccer European market. Like a lot of these teams have, have been letting go of top superstars for like eighty million, a hundred million, and you know to Saudi Arabia that's nothing for for a couple of players. Now what happened was uh, the European, uh, like the head of the Welfa uh, League or whatever, like the organization commented that Saudi Arabia was doing the same mistake that China did in buying aging superstars. So, you know, in the following weeks, they were just like, you know what? Let's just buy 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds, you know? What's 80 million to a 25-year-old? It's like life-changing money. Let's go. So, What better way to come what better way yeah, to compromise Chelsea. your morals than to get a big ass paycheck, man? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna do it, you may hey, as well get paid for it. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I, I saw one of these private jets that they get to fly around or whatever, and it's like, you know what? I might, you know, like if I was a soccer player, I'd be like, oh, I could cash this check, you know? Listen, it's, or whatever. If the public investment funds, you know, is looking to invest in podcasts. You know, uh, I'm an not, all sports I'm, podcast. I think we could do that. I think we could probably do that. Oh no, fellas, that'll be the day I retire. <laughs> I'm not booking it with the Saudis. I'm sorry. Oh, you would literally have to retire. Yeah, no, you would retire. Yeah, yeah. Like, you would yeah, cash you, in your check. You would drive to the bank. You'd be like, you know what? I think today's a good day to retire. And that's it. <laughs> Just watch awful sports, lot of zeros on the end of that check. There is, there is, there is. You know, you could just kill journalists. You know, screw it. Give me that paycheck. Just, you know? Yeah, just give me what, four zeros. You know, that's all little, I need, four or five What's zeros. a little murder every now and then? What's, what, what are our morals and, you know, decency anyways? <laughs> Hold on. I want to talk to Alan about the low number of zeros he's putting on the end of that check. Yeah, four zeros. I'm four like, zeros. Hold you, on. Better, you better get some more on that. You gotta sell your morals. Five, you, gotta, you gotta at least five, make a million. Six, on them. 
You got oh, yeah, to make a million to sell your book. I want to six, six and eight zeros, zeros on, that. on that check. <laughs> well, you know, it's because we're splitting it three ways. You know, so I was thinking like, you know, 90,000 each. You know, that's 270. You know, that's for a podcast, start a podcast, you know. It's not no, that's yeah. not retirement money. That's not that's not retirement money. That's not good enough to work uh, with the Saudis, yeah. bro. I'm sorry. That's true, that's true, that's true. That <laughs> you are <laughs> thinking way too small. <laughs> I have questions about your living expenses. Is if that's your retirement number? <laughs> and can I get on your program? <laughs> Speaking of golf, I didn't watch it, but I saw that uh, Sepp Straka came through over the weekend, and not just only did he come, not only did he come through over the weekend, he shot pretty poor on the first uh, day or two, and then he ends up like just having a monster Friday, oh, Saturday, on, and Sunday. So he was yeah. on fifty nine watch on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, ended up. Yeah. I think he double bogeyed eighteen. Did he? To, yeah, but he ended up nine under for the day, which yeah. is just wild. Yeah, that's all. They were saying that this was the uh, this was I think this was the most that someone has ever come back from after after their first day. I think it was in like thirty years on the PGA yeah. or something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we kind of. Veered off into golf there, and, you know, I did want to uh, mention, um, I wanted to thank uh, Dick's House of Sports. Um, had a good time with them for three days, just long days. Um, it was a cool experience, you know. Racking my brain, I tell you what, Ricky, I told you this on Sunday. Like, I drove home in silence. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to hear any music right now. <laughs> I couldn't. Well, so uh, when we're at the gig, we're largely playing like top forty, old school, and new school. That that's not a bother for me because when I go home, like on my personal time, like I'm playing like metal and alternative rock and like hardcore rap that I couldn't play mm. at this gig, anyways. <laughs> so, oh, so they 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 have you guys like uh, pretty set off on what music you could play? Uh, no, 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 no. It's just a basic idea of, like, you know, keep it clean, keep it family-friendly for the most part, but, like, for the most yeah. part, that's what I'm saying, you know? There's quite okay. a bit of suggestive sure, 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 language sure. coming out of my speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a, a couple of myself, too, as well, but, you know, <laughs> it's okay. Got there. I, I still got into Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B and, you know, some wild stuff. Yeah. So. I, I found a... Um, little Tops Drop. Little Fat Pat. So. Oh, yeah. Tops Drop <laughs> came out. I, I broke out a bunch of Houston uh, rap stuff. I was like, <laughs> it feels like the right thing to do. I was nervous because my guy, um, which which I will say everybody was great, but um, he didn't want me to play uh, Soldier Boy. So I played Soldier Boy. Then he told me to. Uh, he gave me the the, uh, the gesture like uh, go on to the next song on Soldier Boy. So I'm tense. I'm pretty tense the entire oh. weekend. I'm like, okay, what can I actually get away with? Soldier Boy is actually not that bad. You know, I had the clean version of it. So I was yeah. like, I don't know. I'm, so yeah, I was kind of I was kind of trying to rack my brain over what I can get away with and everything. But I, I I still played I played worse than Soldier Boy. Like. 
even before that. Like, that's why I was yeah. shocked. I was like, oh, oh, this is the song? Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> he knows what Crank That Soldier Boy is all about. Yeah, he knows what Soldier Boy actually means. <laughs> the last thing you want, the last thing you want, is a flash mob to break out in the middle of Dick's Sporting Goods or Dick's <laughs> House of Sports. Oh no, they w- no, that's the first thing that they would have wanted. That's great right? advertisement, bro. <laughs> you put right? that on TikTok, people are coming up there. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, I had the employees doing cha-cha slide the first night. <laughs> <laughs> But everybody at Dick's House of Sports, yeah, they were great. Totally cool. So. It was a fun time. Uh, Ricky, I think we both ended up in the same boat and didn't really get to meet any of the athletes. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm trying to think. No, um, the, I mean, the most, the most that I did was like I was like sort of the host and announcer for yeah. the uh, Q&A for the Peloton instructors, Ross Rayburn and um, – Tunde on I'm not yeah I'm not even gonna try yeah, that yeah <laughs> I got it spelled out phonetically for me <laughs> I know I had it too but I, <laughs> I I don't remember what it was I don't want to disrespect her but I had heard of Ross Rayburn before so like that was actually that was actually pretty neat so yeah so yeah she Tunde was the only one I actually had any actual like speaking to interaction and that was because when I introduced her, I handed her the microphone on her way past. Oh, okay. See, I gave it, I, I, we had a, I had a middle person that I was working with. So, <laughs> well, because it was literally the microphone that I was using. Yeah. So yeah. I introduced her, and then I, you know, as she's walking by, I said, "This is yours," and she, you know, grabs it, does the handshake, "Thank you so much," and that was the extent of it. She seemed like a great, great person. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah. Oh my God. So much energy. You could tell why these they picked these two people as like the the front facing people to you know sponsor Peloton and to well, you know, push across the Peloton brand. So apparently both from Houston. Oh, were they very cool? Yeah. Nice. So I knew Tune Day was, but then um, Ross was talking about he he grew up in Clear Lake. Oh okay, very cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, he didn't. He didn't really know about any uh, Houston artists that much or anything like that. Oh, really? They did this little Q and A. They did the trivia, trying to figure out like Houston artists. He knew about Beyonce, of course. And then like <laughs> I think Lizzo like grew up in Houston, but she wasn't yeah. born in Houston. And then she ended up mentioning uh, Paul Wall and uh, uh, Travis Scott. So mm-hmm. like he didn't know about. He didn't know Travis Scott was from Houston as well. But yeah. <laughs> Travis Scott's a tough one because you can't, you kind of can't really play him anymore. You can. I, I still play Travis Scott all the time. I just, <laughs> I just do it. You know, if, if someone comes up to me and says not to, then I'm like, okay, I, well, I completely get it. But <laughs> I want to say the last time I did was at a homecoming dance last fall, and the principal like ran up to me, and the students oh, wow. had requested it. Yeah, and the principal like ran up to me because apparently they had a couple students that died. Yeah, from that uh, school. Yeah, I yeah. remember you telling me And I'm like, that. oh, yeah. man. I'm like, why are these other assholes requesting this then? <laughs> they're like, Is this a song? <laughs> so, <laughs> they're, like, they're like, fuck them other kids. Bro, sicko mode jams, I'm, I'm saying. I, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it, but 
(laughs) Obviously, these kids weren't too broke up about who uh, didn't make it through the festival. Or they got through it, you know. Life goes on. Life moves on. That's true. That is true. (laughs) So, considering the amount of Michael Jackson I played... Yes, considering like, the amount of Michael Jackson, R. Kelly. Uh, I, still I didn't break out any R. Kelly. I wanted to, but <laughs> like I dug deep. <laughs> I didn't play. No, I didn't play R. Kelly this weekend. I, I yeah. try not to. I, I'll play. People requested all the time at weddings, though. Ignition. You know, that's yeah. just an insanely popular song. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> This weekend, a bunch of Michael Jackson, though, and everybody's yeah, dancing yeah. to it still. So, hey, yep. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. How much country did you play? Not much at all. Yeah, I, I played, I played like, maybe half a dozen country songs, and that's counting the get the get up. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even play the get up. I did, I'm just wrecking my brain over like I was just trying to think of everything to play mm-hmm. and like, bro, I had to wake up at like seven o'clock and like yeah. I'm a DJ, so I wake up at like twelve. On <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like seven o'clock is like wow, <laughs> like yeah, what yeah. are we doing? So I think I played some John Party. I played like Stars on the Water and Shania Twain. Yeah, not a a whole bunch of country, but yeah, a little bit. I wanted to play Morgan Wallen, but that can be kind of tricky because some of his songs aren't that upbeat, but they're popular. Yeah, I I actually snuck in um, Wasted on You Sunday morning when it was just for the employees. Yeah. Because one guy had come up and asked for it like the day before. I think I I could have played that one. That one and like maybe last night. I think they would have yeah. been okay because they're popular I mean, songs, so it doesn't matter. Last night's it's... been the number one song in the country according to Billboard for like the last month and a half. Yeah, so I think it would have been fine, but yeah, I just I just didn't play it. <laughs> so we now once again we've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> but um, it's about you guys' DJing, you know, DJ weekend, so it's fine. <laughs> So that's the tenor I, I of the wanna, podcast. <laughs> I want to kind of throw another quick tangent in because it's something we didn't get to last week, um, and just talk about it real quick. And that was NASCAR in Chicago. Yeah, um, racing through the streets of Chicago was honestly first NASCAR race I I watched all year. Um, <laughs> usually, usually I'm good to watch Daytona. You know, I'll get all excited, but, you know, there was this little thing called the Roughnecks happening <laughs> that same weekend, and, you know, I had to prioritize. Of course, of course. And Roughnecks so come first, man. I just kind of didn't watch any NASCAR at all this year until that race, and first off, I, I, I don't know most of these drivers. I don't know how this turnover happened so fast, but... You feel like, old yet, Bry? Well, I do because there's like a bunch of 20-year-olds. <laughs> but it's like when I came up watching NASCAR, you had these guys that, that raced for 30 years. And it feels like the next generation didn't have that length of career. Or I just haven't been paying close attention for that long of a time. <laughs> oh well i mean like you know whenever you got like jimmy johnson winning a lot and and because he was he was pretty much the guy who primordially not is jimmy johnson 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, that sounded like the, the Cowboys uh, coach, but... Uh, also? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> also Jimmy Johnson? Okay. But, you know, whenever you got Jimmy Johnson winning a lot... Also the Eagles of... uh, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator back in the day. <laughs> There's also so, a Jimmy hey, John. If you're a Johnson, <laughs> might as well name your son Jimmy because, you know, he's going to be good at something. <laughs> or you're not creative in naming your kid James Johnson. <laughs> You might as or well name him John Johnson. Or you give him two names for uh, a wiener, Jimmy and Johnson. Hey, now. <laughs> Charles Jimmy, Charles James Johnson. <laughs> Richard James Richard Johnson. James. There you go. Yeah, Richard. Richard James My Johnson. bad. Here he comes wrong, down the front stretch. It's Dick Jimmy Johnson. Dick Jimmy Johnson. He is going hard down the back stretch. <laughs> He's getting to the finish line. Dick Jimmy Johnson comes first. Speaking of speaking, oh, remember, speaking of uh, other drivers hold on, hold on. other than uh Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, and then like Jeff Gordon. Dale you know, Sr. Like Perry Labonte. Well, no, I mean obviously, but I'm talking about like recently, like I don't I want to say Truex or whatever, but like, you know, mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of names that stick out. I mean, obviously, it's not something we watch, like we say, but yeah, like yeah. So the guys that are still around that I knew was Truex. Uh, my guy Kevin Harvick is still there, but I think this might be his last year. I think he was getting ready to hang it up. Um, Kyle Busch, who very importantly was the first guy to spin out on the road course. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, this these big ass, probably a ton plus cars aren't built for the streets, not for these small and, like No, and, and what was what was even crazier is it rained. So yeah. they they were they were racing in the rain, and they never used to race in the rain, but they decided they were going to start. Hey, I think it was, if it doesn't you know, stop Joey Chestnut, is it going to stop NASCAR? Hell no. Uh, well, it really should, based on how they performed <laughs> yeah. on a wet racetrack. <laughs> Considering the like, speeds that you're hitting in those cars, going just hitting turns and stuff, like, maybe it should. <laughs> yeah, these guys, this one turn, man, they just they just wore that tire barrier out. Just multiple guys Going straight into the tire barrier. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kyle Busch, he got stuck under it. Like, he hits it, and he ends up, like, with the hood of his car up under it. He gets stuck. He can't get out, so they have to pull, get a tow truck to come and pull him out. That happened to multiple guys. There was one guy, I swear to God, every 10 to 15 laps, he spun out. Like, he caused more cautions than everybody else combined. Um, But it was a uh, offensive lineman. What's that? <laughs> like a jumpy offensive lineman just yeah, jumping the, right? jump the gap. Yellow flags everywhere because of this dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the 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 winner was a really interesting story. A guy named Shane Van Gisbergen. And he is a road course ringer. And they'll do this. Like there's some guys like uh, there was this guy Boris said back in the day who would just race the road courses because he was just a ringer. Well, this guy, they were calling him SVG, and I will from from here on out. Um, 
he was a road course ringer from Australia, or he's from New Zealand, but he races in Australia the the supercars, which is essentially the closest thing to stock cars elsewhere in the world. So a road course ringer is basically a guy that they get to fill out the numbers, or what well, is that? he's a specialist. Okay. So some of these. Teams, okay. Okay. So instead of the track where they normally do it, he's he's a road. Okay. He's okay. a road course guy. So okay. these Australian supercar series is essentially very close to stock cars, but on road courses. Oh, okay. Hmm. So he's he specializes in that kind of racing. Badass. <laughs> and it was his first NASCAR start. He wins his first NASCAR start. First guy to do it in like 60 years. Win their first start. Um, they were asking him about um, if he's going to, since he won his first race, is he going to start racing NASCAR full time? And he's like, well, you know, I'll have to think about that for next year. I still, I'm still under contract for the rest of this year at home and, <laughs> he's like yo uh so like road course is like what i typically do and then yeah. they're gonna be on track so you know i might not you know, win as much so. i'm really good at turning right and left not yes just left. <laughs> <Instead of> just <laughs> left. <laughs> so it was interesting to see them running around that course it was you had multiple different surfaces because you had new pavement, old pavement, concrete, and everything reacted to the rain differently. The tires gripped everything differently. Like, so it, it honestly, it surprised anybody finished the race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because other road tracks they do, it's, it's all pavement. It's all the same. They're yep. all, you know, they race when it's dry and they're able to run their racing slicks, and it's great. They had to run rain tires and then switch to racing slicks like halfway through. But there were still wet spots on the track. And so these guys are hitting <laughs> hitting wet spots with racing slicks. It's like, this isn't going to go well. Like, your ass end <laughs> is coming out. You were going to have a loose condition here, boys. <laughs> Loose condition. That does not yeah, sound that's good. some that's some racing <laughs> jargon for you. Or it sounds um, like you had some Chipotle or something. <laughs> when 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 the when the ass end of the car gets a little squirrely through the turn, they call that having a loose condition. <laughs> <laughs> now you learned a little something about NASCAR. <laughs> but overall though, it was a really good it was fun to watch. It was tough. The broadcasters did talk about they had to do it what they called radio style. So they had a different guy at like every corner, including your boy Dale Jr. Oh, nice. He was he was helping call the race. And so what they do is they will as they're talking their way around the track, they'll just keep switching from guy to guy to guy to guy as they approach every different turn. So why did they they don't um did they not tape the entire could you not yeah, as, they a, did. as a spectator you could see the entire race though, right? Not really. Oh even okay. on hmm. even on some ovals it's tough to see that. Oh, okay. Okay. Like if huh. you go to like Pocono Raceway, yeah. 
it's tough to see if you're on the grandstands in the front stretch, which everybody is, it's tough to see the back. Huh. You know, when they're that big. Yeah. You know, I used to go to Dover all the time. That was only a one mile track. You could see that whole track. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, for the TV camera crew. TV yeah, crew. no, the TV, they had cameras everywhere. Like, yeah, they, they weren't missing anything. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> but just the way they did the play-by-play announcing for it. Yeah, okay. Was a little <laughs> more scattered. Um, fun experience to watch it. Um, recommend, would watch again. Um, so hopefully they keep doing it. Hopefully they uh, they keep adding some variety. And, yeah, uh, I hope they do different places. Let's let's bring one to Houston, man. Let's let's take one to Houston <laughs> on some of these on some of these Houston backs hot with all the potholes and stuff. And let's take it to yeah, the <laughs> Richmond Avenue. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Right around Rice. Uh, right around uh, oh uh, the God, medical the center. District? Oh my God. Could you, oh yeah. Could you imagine? No. No. <laughs> oh, Listen, just have them do six ten. <laughs> Race six ten as an oval, <laughs> completely make it that you can't get anywhere in Houston for the weekend. <laughs> we can just so have them go down six ten. We can just have them run towards Fifth Ward and all that. <laughs> Extra degree of difficulty, <laughs> yeah, running through Fifth Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty good stuff. So, kind of get back into more current events because that's that is a good two weeks old. So, did you guys end up getting to watch the fights over the weekend? Yeah, I did. Oh my god! So, Robbie Lawler fought on his card. A bunch of people might recognize Robbie Lawler. He's been fighting in the UFC for like twenty years or so. I think they said yeah. that he he started around UFC forty something. And this one was yeah, one UFC 290. This one was UFC 290. Robbie Lawler announced his retirement before he came into this fight. He's uh, 41 years old, so he announced his retirement before he came into this fight. He's a former champion. He's been doing okay in his recent fights. Um, like, real, a lot more cautious than he used to be. Uh, a tad slower than he used to be. Just um, people were able to sort of outstrike him and win a decision and take him down and stuff. But, like, he he hasn't looked really bad in his most recent fights, but he said that, like, he's not having fun at all during the training camps for the fights. So, like, he used to have fun, like, in the gym, uh, just regular training. But once he gets into training camp for the fights, he's just not having fun at all. Robbie Lawler, 41 years old, announces his retirement coming into this one. One of the most respected UFC fighters of all time. Wins the fight by knockout like 38 seconds. And it's one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen in the UFC. Because like, like I said, like it Robbie so Lawler. ferocious and nasty. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ricky. Did he knock out his opponent like heart disease knocked out Jerry Lawler? Yeah. <laughs> you said knocked out Jerry Lawler. <laughs> he, he took down his guy like Dolph took down the king. <laughs> Let him have a heart attack. He made Nico Price have a heart attack. Poor dude. Mm. But Robbie Lawler, like typically what happens in your retirement fights, because it's the fight game, you lose. 
you go out rough, you get knocked out. You know, it's 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 typically like a sign that you are making the right choice that you are retiring at this point. Like you probably need to retire. But Robbie Lawler came out there, got the knockout in 38 seconds. One of the coolest things that you'll ever see. An aberration and and um. I mean, how game. do you retire after that? You just have to remember that there's going to be many more <laughs> fights after this and younger dudes and hungrier dudes and <laughs> every fight's not going to go. The, the basic idea I think that they were thinking is that like him coming into this fight. Um, so he, like I said, like over his recent fights, he's been a lot more cautious. He has been fighting um, strong, but he, he's been a lot more cautious. But in his fight, since it was his last fight, like he came out guns a blazing Chilled down. It's my last fight. Screw it. YOLO. Yeah, I'm going it's, it's better story. to go out on your shield than than to be cautious and loose on your last fight. You know, if you already announced it's your last fight. Completely Plus, agree. If, like like Ricky said, if if you keep fighting, you're like, well, I've won. You know, I could just keep fighting. And like, what happens if you in the next fight you actually lose by a lot and you actually sign like another two two three fight deal? Not yeah, you have to stick around for another two fights. Yeah. And then the fight game, the fight game is one of those situations where if you think it's time to go, you need to go because you like you will you will do serious damage to your body and your future health uh, post post trying to uh, live after the fight game. So, uh, yeah. Um, So the uh, main card open up. um, Bo Nickel, big time uh, new star for the UFC. He ends up winning by like 30 in, in about 30 seconds by TKO uh, punches. He fought this dude, nuck, Val Woodner. Nuck if you buck nickel with the early KO. <laughs> early KO, baby. Like he ends up. Did he he ends have up a roll of nickels in his fist or what? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he ends Some up fighting. Some AEW action. Quarters. <laughs> 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 he was supposed to fight uh he was supposed to fight this other guy but um the other guy ended up uh getting injured and stepping down and so this one the the guy that he ended up fighting stepped in on short notice he got the call like on the thursday before and uh he was on Ooh. on the job for his landscaping company <laughs> the third christ not the Thursday before the Saturday, but the Thursday before, like, you know, before the weigh-ins okay. and all that. Well, I mean, so he had a week, you know, but yo, still. He still had a week, but Jesus Christ, that's still yeah. a really, really short notice. <laughs> yeah. So it's really tough to gauge where Bo, where Bo is at this point in his career because he, he fought a guy who, as, as I mentioned again, came from his uh, landscaping company that he was also working at. So, and, and this was his UFC debut. So, but he looked, but Bo looked really good again. So. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm calling some goddamn shenanigans. That's the best guy they could get on short notice. No, that was on purpose. No, they it's found not. some noob with a glass jaw to <laughs> step in. Yeah. To give Bo Nickel an easy win. Because of the last minute substitution, like I'm calling some fight game bullshit. That's a that's a, that's a, that's a wait, definite. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that the company that decided to purchase the WWE decided to maybe fixing a fighter's rise would be good for them? What? What? So yeah. I will. I will 
I will say that there's possible shenanigans in that. The one thing that I will say, fighters do not want to step up on short notice, especially right. against like someone like Bo Nickel. They will not. They yeah. everyone turns down the fight. This guy, this Val Woodburn guy, was probably the only guy who accepted the fight. The only guy who said yes. <laughs> yeah, because fighters, <laughs> fighters aren't that dumb. They're like, no, Bo Nickel is a good fighter. I'm not going in there losing to this dude on like a week's notice, like a. a Oh, uh, yeah, like, he takes me down, he gets me in with a good takedown, now I'm on my back, now I'm on my stomach, wrestling for my life. I'm fighting for my life out here! Okay, so, <laughs> I have a quibble with something you just said. <laughs> you just said fighters aren't that dumb. They mm-hmm. have chosen as a professional to get hit in the face. They are, in fact, that dumb. <laughs> oh my god! I, I would disagree. I would disagree. There's a there's a tactical way in which you can be a fighter, and there's a way that you can be a um, sort of brawler and put your hands down and go crazy. L- many fighters are very college educated. Like they're very smart people. They're just very good at fighting, and you can make millions of dollars from fighting. So <laughs> that's not that's not that's that's much more about the money and like what you're good at than like intelligence. <laughs> Brian definitely thinks it's still UFC one out here. Yeah, this ain't UFC old school UFC, bro. These, these dudes are know, like, like these dudes are college trained. They this isn't human <laughs> cockfighting. They they're intelligent guys. <laughs> whoa, whoa, human cockfighting. That feels like a whole different animal. <laughs> So he was probably so big shout out to Val Woodburn for taking the fight. But yeah, not quite sure where Bo Nickel is quite yet. The next fight on the main card was uh, Dan Hooka 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 Hooka, who took on uh, Jalen Turner. And uh, this was a really good fight. Not a lot to say about this. Two two up and coming guys. Dan Hooker ended up winning the fight, but it was it was such a good scrap, man. The fight after this, Dracus Duplacis. Dracus Duplessis, Duplessis, from uh, South Africa. He's an up-and-coming middleweight contender. He took on Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker, who is a former middleweight champion. Dracus Duplessis recently, like, he's a really good fighter, but recently he had this surgery. Apparently, he's been having a hard time breathing through his nose, being a fighter, getting punched in the nose. Who could go, who could figure? Imagine. Imagine. So he has a, he has this surgery and he's got his clear nose now. He wiped the floor with Robert Whitaker, which doesn't seem really wild. But if you know who Robert Whitaker is, it's really wild. I've heard Robert, of him. Yeah, Robert Whitaker is a very good fighter. He's he's only lost to um, Robert Whitaker is pretty much this age as uh, Robbie Lawler in a, in a sense. No, he's better than Robbie Lawler. Yeah, no, he's he's better. He's sort of better in his division than Robbie Lawler is. Um, Robert Whitaker well, is saying because he's like he he'll go out there and and punch with guys and knock them out. You know that's what I, that's all I was saying. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'd say Whitaker is a bit more of a technical striker than Robbie is, but but yeah, there there's similarities there. Um, Robert Whitaker has only lost to like Israel Adesanya, and like in the past, like. I think since 2014 or something like that. It's really wild. Like, in Israel Adesanya is the current middleweight champion. Dracus Duplessis comes out there, wipes the floor with Robert Whitaker, and calls out Israel Adesanya. So that is the next fight coming up. That's gonna be that's gonna be a blasty blast. That's gonna be mm-hmm. awesome. And then you got to the co-main event. Brandon Moreno, Mexican champ. 
all around, really cool, fun guy. He ends up taking on Alexander Pantoja. In the last podcast, we talked about how Moreno was the champion, and Pantoja was the guy who had beaten Moreno twice before um, when he, when, uh, in non-title fights, but now they're matching up, and Moreno is the champion. This was like easily the fight of the year, probably. One of the best fights I've seen ever. Like This was such a good fight. Such a good scrap. Very bloody, so back and forth. Like, you really couldn't tell who won at the very end. Pantoja got him again. It was a really close fight. It's debatable. Kind of debatable. I think I had Pantoja slightly. But um, I can see people who were saying that Brandon Moreno won. But, yeah. What did you think about that fight, Alan? Um, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was thinking about going to go watch it, uh, watch the fights, but I went to the Dynamo game. So first of all, I stayed out Friday night, went out to Cidercade with uh, the gang. So we stayed out till 2 a.m., still made it to work Saturday morning. Oh, Cidercade, no love Cidercade, love Cidercade. Yeah, and then, uh, then went to the Dynamo game after work. So, you know, I was like, I got to go home. I can't stay out, drink, and watch this fight. I got to go home. <laughs> Hey, you went out and saw Space City. I can't, I can't, really? I can't blame you for that, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to do my my week's work. You know, I couldn't just stay home. Well, let's finish <laughs> up these fights and talk about your little uh, Space City adventure. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Okay, so we had the main event. We had uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the longest reigning UFC champion now that uh, Amanda Nunes has retired. He is an Australian guy, good friends, same camp with Israel Adesanya, who's the middleweight champion. Um, yeah, he took on Yair Rodriguez. Yair, very fun to watch. Um, like I love watching Yair fight. Like he comes up with all these funky little moves to do in the cage and stuff. He's just an exciting fighter to watch. But Alexander Volkanovsky's one of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest fighters of all time. He ended up pretty much dusting Yair, and uh, he won. Overall, great, great, great fight card. Donald Trump ended up showing up and all this other. But he's been at uh, many of the cards. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason why, the reason why me, Trump, was, the Trump has uh, loyalty towards UFC, the reason why Trump has loyalty towards UFC is because uh, UFC was like one of the first people to ask Trump if they could host UFC at his locations in, in Vegas. Way he, back he then, Obviously, yeah. he said yes. And yeah. then uh, whenever it came down for Trump to do his presidential run, you know, like one of the first people that he asked the public to back him was Dana White. And Dana White said, I, I can't back down from, from, from that request, just out of loyalty. Just out of being able to launch my, my company off of his platform, I got to reciprocate their favor. So it was one of those deals. So now, now though, it's, I mean, now it's risky, but I, it's the same thing. They, they have that loyalty between them. Yeah. I mean, it's risky in a sense, but like, you know, Trump, you know, he's popular with a bunch of risky. people. Yeah, it's not like, that pop. It's not I feel that like risky. a Venn diagram of. Well, fight, yeah, that's true. Like the, the UFC the demographic is not going to be the, the anti Trump demographic, which I guess, you know, in a sense, you know, I guess. It's all right, you know. 
<laughs> a lot of crossover fans for those two um, groups. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a UFC fan. I was, I was thinking at that. But um, Bri- yes. Brian's <laughs> labeling uh, UFC fighters as dumb, and I'm label- labeling uh, the UFC uh, fans as uh, uh, conservative. So, you know, might as well just switch the subject. Not all of them, not all of them, but majority conservatives. I wouldn't say UFC UFC fans are probably majority conservative. You know, yes, I would agree with that. But anyways, yeah. Trump, Trump did, Trump's boardwalk place in New Jersey did host like one of the like, like very first UFC events, like, like UFC five or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they go back. It's like him and Vince and, you know, it's just, it's money. It's money talks, money talks at the end of the day, you know, hey. But overall, UFC 290, great fight card. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Robbie Lawler, for a brilliant career. Brought a tear. I, I bawled when he won. Oh, my God, I cried so hard like a baby when he won. <laughs> the, main, the main events were really good. Dracus Duplessis versus um, Israel Adesanya. Looking forward to it. Bo Nichols still running. Let's go. <laughs> so, Al, let's talk about your uh... – your little adventure. First off, I've never been to Cidercade. Oh, I've really? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it was pretty packed. I mean, it was Friday night, right, in the the middle of uh, July. So, obviously, it's going to be pretty packed. And uh, you feel pretty old whenever you look around and you see a bunch of younger 20-year-olds. <laughs> and you're like, man, ah, we're pretty old. <laughs> 28, 29 out here. I don't. I don't feel that way when I go up in there, and I'm older than you, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Saturday is great. You pay like ten bucks, bro, and then you just get to yes. play like unlimited arcade games all night. They have Area 51. They have racing games. They have fighting games. They have um, they- like cider, cider, alcohol, which I, I haven't been able to find one mm-hmm. that I actually like. But I'm not big into like you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we definitely we definitely tried various ciders. Uh, the one that I got was the uh, the cocoa 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 something, but it was basically tangerine and chocolate flavored, so it was a little sour and sweet. But that one was like I give that a seven out of ten. And then um, Tony actually got one called the Painkiller. That one was pretty freaking gnarly. That one was like nine out of ten for my liking. <laughs> and then another guy, um, he grabbed one, which was the I actually grabbed one of these ones. It was like a cherry oatmeal something, and it was actually really sweet. Instead of a sour kick to it, it was actually a sweet aftertaste. So that one was like honestly up my alley. Uh, but I mean, man, honestly, three of those ciders, man, it made it made three hours go by pretty fast. Four hours go by pretty fast. You're I think we got there around ten. <laughs> yeah, doing some time <laughs> traveling. <laughs> <laughs> we got there at ten, and before I knew it, it was already two a uh, two a.m. They shut down all the arcades, kicked everybody out. Yeah, so. <laughs> They hit the they hit you the know, main button and all the arcades just go out. <laughs> so the reason I have not checked out Cidercade is uh, twofold. One, I didn't know about it until last October. 
yeah. and I found and I found out about it for the last recorded Brian's Beers episode, though heretofore unreleased, <laughs> when we did cider, and Cidercade is run by Bishops, which was uh-huh. one of the ciders that we tried. Oh, nice. Um, okay. What's funny is that is the only thing on Brian's beers where you can tell as soon as we taste it that we don't like it. <laughs> I can't. So it's definitely not a gulp. It's definitely a sip, sip and play kind of thing. You know, it's not a whiskey where it's like you know hard, but it is like a, uh, it's a, it's a very weird taste. It's very much well, like a wine you, in that way. This yeah, was an you all gotta... cider episode. We had other ciders, but this particular brand we did not like. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, they always have. And they're food the ones who run Cidercade. They also have. Uh, they always have like food trucks up there as well, and you can also like get them to deliver food. They're cool. They they're cool about yeah. that. You can bring like any kind of food you want to inside. And, yeah, it's really so, really cool. So yeah, place. we actually decided to grab some yeah. food truck. Some food truck food. Um, we grabbed the uh, the fries with hot chicken, which was honestly pretty nice. It had a little Asian kick to it. Little Mikos. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, somebody else grabbed the the hot the Nashville hot chicken strips with fries, and damn, those were pretty spicy. I'm not gonna lie, the, <laughs> the aftertaste of that was was pretty kicking. <laughs> oh but man now obviously honestly it's a pretty good uh pretty good outing the another place that i really want to go check out is called put shack i think it's over here in uh, kima it's i think it's pretty fairly new so it's honestly going to be pretty packed but it's like mini golf plus uh plus a bar so Better than having to go to main event to play uh, putt putt, but <laughs> in the dark we got options. We got options. <laughs> putt shack, huh? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's kind of similar to uh, Pop Stroke. Um, okay, and Katie. Um, I'd like to check both those out, especially. I mean, Pop Stroke is Tiger's deal, so. Um. Yeah, we'll have to do a mini golf outing at some point. That's what I was I was gonna suggest, like that we go to uh that we go to Pop Stroke or we go to um um whatever the other golf place is called, um the bigger golf place in like Houston. Top golf. Top golf, yeah. Go hit the <laughs> oh, yeah, simulator yeah. somewhere. That <laughs> was I tell you what, that was something I wanted to do at Dick's and I didn't get a chance to was um these these house of sports stores, they had like four or five simulator bays. They have a batting cage, like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they have all kinds Wild of stuff going stuff. on. Um, but so Al, how was the uh, how was the Dynamo game? Uh very tight. It was uh, a fight till the end. Dynamo ended up uh, tying two two. Nail biter, you know. Can't 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 forget that it's not over until the final whistle blows, baby. So, you know, we got to enjoy the fireworks more afterwards, scoring too. than they usually do. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're having a rough go at it. They started off pretty hot, and right now they're cooling off. So, um, obviously, Twitter fans aren't going to be uh, excited about, you know, the way the season's going. But isn't that all of Twitter? 
Isn't that just, you know, your regular fandom complaining everywhere you listen to how, you know, your show's going. So that's it. You can't, you can't take uh, everything that you hear, you know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Alan, uh, speaking of uh, hot starts and resurgences and the ebbs and flows of a season, you know, you have on, on the, the call sheet um, about the Astros yeah, and you know, I I had been listening to all the sports radio and hearing all the talk about, oh my God, this team is not doing well, blah 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 blah. And then we get to the the end of the first half of the season. We get to the All Star break, and you look up, and the Astros are ten games over five hundred, only two games behind in the in the division, and. If the playoffs started today, they're in. And I was saying this to myself a couple weeks ago, listening to the radio. I'm like, all these people got to calm down about the demise of the Astros. Bro, they have said way they're too fine. high expectations for this team. They're, but they're basically like a sort of a mini dynasty at this point. So I think that's what they're setting it at. They're setting it at like these guys should be dominant. They should be like first plays all year long or something. I'm like, it's a 160 game season, bro. Like we got some time to go. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> yeah. I think what's crazy right now, looking at the standings is that the American East, uh, I think Tampa Bay's up there with 58. And then Baltimore's 54, but then, you know, at the bottom is the Yankees and Boston with 49 and 48. Meanwhile, you know, everybody's complaining about Houston, and Houston has 50 (laughs) wins, which is like two more than them. So it's just, obviously, the Rangers had a pretty big lead at at some point in the time, but, hey, you can't trust them, you know. You can't trust them until they show you that they can do it. And the (laughs) Astros show you that they've they've done it multiple times, so. Yeah, right. So I'm not worried about the Astros. I think they'll make some moves at the deadline. I think they'll get guys back from injury. I think I they'll think be if just we should, fine. I think if, if the Astros traded for Shohei Otani, you know, I, I mean, just – Oh, how awesome well would that do be? do the trade. Wow. How awesome would that be? <laughs> Whoa. Hey, Whoa. hey, with, with the new Messi deal, with the new Messi deal, if you could just give a player, you know, a share of ownership, you know, hey <laughs> – like the they're, greatest they're thing that might change the landscape of how <laughs> of how American uh, players get paid in other leagues. So it's like, hey, might as well. So here's the thing: they can do that in the wild west that is the MLS. Baseball <laughs> is is way too well established with way too many rules regarding salary and ownership. I mean, baseball has a cap. Yeah. True. It's not a hard cap because it's a luxury tax ceiling, but but the cap adjusts, and if the cap adjusts, it'll allow a player to have ownership on the team. Because <laughs> there has been talk of like trading Shohei because he, like I think you guys said, like he was leading in home runs, right? Coming into he was leading in home runs. Yeah, I think he has like runs. thirty plus home runs at the moment. I think he's tied for the lead, but still. And he has one of the lowest ERAs as a pitcher in the league. So, like, he is the greatest, like, two-way player since, like, Babe Ruth. (laughs) So, like, but they are talking about trading him because, like, at this point, like, he is is such an asset to where you can just 
you can ask for the moon for him. You can just ask for the world. The world is yours. If you want to have, if you want to trade away Shohei Otani. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Astros are really into analytics. I mean, so I can't imagine that. They, that- I can't imagine that they'd go after Shohei yeah. Otani. Yeah, but, no. But they're how would you fit those analytics? Oh, well, actually, those analytics would fit perfectly at the ninth spot. Jesus Christ! I hey, mean, the batting average is point thirty two, home runs thirty two, <laughs> RBI seventy one, on base percentage point thirty eight. You know what I'm saying? And he has hundred and three hits. He's leading the Angels in all stats offensively. But you can't. That you have to compare. You have crazy, to compare. Crazy. You have to compare that to what you'd have to pay him. So that's why the analytics don't work out on him. Because like, the because the because the Angels actually oh, are not. I mean, you, they're you, not that good of a hey, team overall. If you skipped out, <laughs> if you skipped out though on Carlos Correa, and you skipped out on Springer. George Springer, and you can Verlander. lock down Shohei Otani. Yeah, you skipped out on Verlander, Gary Cole. You're like, no, I ain't paying nobody. And all of a sudden, you're just like $700 million for 10 years. Or, you know, whatever it is, six fifty for 10 years. Boom, baby. That makes up for it so much. Yeah, but then you got to play. Except for the last five years, Otani's walking with a cane. Yeah, you got to pay Yo. You got to pay Bregman. You win another. You win one more. You win one or two more World Series. You're paying everybody. Who cares? <laughs> I'd love it too. It's just analytically, it just this is, not not gonna happen. This is big EA Sports. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, an accountant's gonna pull out a calculator and be like, "This is a terrible plan." Yes. Don't do it. <laughs> That's whenever you, you pull the uh, Jim Irsay tactic and just do a line and swig a swig a big glass of a uh, whiskey. And say, do it. And pull out the and pull out the case of money that only drug dealers have. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on you're on you know on paper contract is this much, but you know we're also gonna go ahead and just give you this case. <laughs> but you know I dropped this case out of my car, and like if you were to pick it up, you know technically. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. you can't you can't tell this. Case cases for you are like hey you know i'm just gonna leave this here and it's up to you you know whoever grabs it this year and i'm leaving that at that whoever grabs it what's the suitcase sitting beside the trunk of your car oh that's weird oh well finders keepers i guess hey (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's that's some real fantasy booking there we we've talked some smack on you know, WWE and AEW booking, but man, MLB, that'd be some real good booking. Might make the Astros less hated to have Shohei on it, though. <laughs> Maybe more, though. That would be nice. And, you know, somebody was talking about on the radio last night about um, a, a new design of the jersey just for Shohei, but a rising sun um Shohei Astros jersey I'm like no 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 do it the rising tequila sunrise get yeah. that red 
red sun, but then all the colored bands, the orange going down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's that go. would be, That'd be a good reason to bring that jersey back, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, baseball's currently on their all star break. The game is probably going on as we speak. <laughs> the home run derby was last night, and, um, I find the winner of that fascinating because I remember his daddy hitting bombs and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Love to see it. Love to see it. Vlad Guerrero took on Randy. Sorry, Ricky, for ruining the the the, <laughs> the derby for you. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Hell, Randy and Vlad Jr. made it to the final. <laughs> Ricky's like, I'm. I haven't watched it yet, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh yeah, it's another L for for Mexico yet again. You know, it hasn't been a good year for Mexico as it is, but man, you know, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Mexico's just taking sporting L's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the only people we were going to hang our heads on were the UFC fighters, and now they took L's too, so. Uh, <laughs> Still got so, a Lexi Grasso. Um, <laughs> I keep seeing ads. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I keep seeing commercials for the Women's World Cup, speaking of everybody but the U.S. taking L's. Um, so a- Alan, can you kind of give us a, a quick, uh, when's that start? Has it started? Have I just been, not um, yeah, I think it's about to start soon. Let me see. So actually the, it starts July 20th. So it's about nine days away. Give okay. it time for editing, probably seven days away, six days away. Um, time for editing. <laughs> And actually, USA is on a path for history, looking to be the first back-to-back-to-back three-time champions. And, uh, you know, good luck to them. Hopefully they can make that happen, because losing to Wrexham, you know, that something, you know, nobody else wants to talk about. Jesus Christ. But it was Wrexham guys, so that's okay. <laughs> you that That's an okay loss. <laughs> Megan Rapinoe's ty- retiring at the end of the uh, season. It, so, yeah, that, that's an okay loss. <laughs> oh, yes, right. actually, that is true. Yes, big, big announcement. Meg- Megan Rapinoe said that she was going to retire after the the soccer league, after the women's soccer league finishes post-World Cup. So, call it, hanging, hanging the cleats up, calling it a career. I mean, good for her. It's been a storied career. It would be nice, right, if you end with a three-peat like that. Right. Can't complain right there, honestly. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I'll probably watch some of that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's fun watching the U.S. women beat the shit out of everybody. Well, <laughs> what's the big time difference with New Zealand and um, and U.S.? Oh, you're talking 12 or more hours. Like, like five days or something sure. like that, right? Um, I don't think it's five days, but uh, five days. <laughs> I'm pretty. I am pretty sure it's tomorrow in New Zealand already. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm. I'm actually looking at the schedule. So, like, some of the games are going to be at two a.m., five a.m., and nine thirty p.m. Jesus Christ! What the fuck? 
Yeah. Um, so it's definitely going to be a replay type of World Cup. Um, USA, Friday, July 21 at 8 p.m. versus Vietnam. Okay. Cool. That's not bad. 7 a.m. Yeah. The, the good thing is this is not the men's World Cup, so you don't got to watch every game. You just got to watch, you know, the ones you root for. The last thing on our sheet tonight is – is this a Tyson Fury fight announcement? Yes. Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou for October 29th. The big announcement finally made. And Jesus, I, I can't wait to see what UFC is going to trump up against uh, this announcement. <laughs> They're just going to watch uh, Nganu lose, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no way There's no way he's beating oh, Tyson Fury in a boxing matchup. Oh, like, see, that's I the was... thing. Like, and That's a big risk for Nganu to take. But, I mean, if Nganu just knocks out Tyson Fury with one punch or two. That would be know, wild. That's a coal miner there, bro. You know, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a carbon miner right there. I mean, because that's, that's the risk. That you on the gypsy. Yeah. The actual boxer, <laughs> not the guy who sort of boxes in UFC. <laughs> who even who he would he would even get beat on the stand up sometimes in the, in the UFC against certain fighters, Cyril Gan and other guys. But like, yeah, taking on Tyson Fury. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's a Saudi card too. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> the sports watching is Tyson Fury. You slug, you. We see what you're doing. He just sneaks that in there because he's secretly working on that extra zero. Yeah, yeah. Tyson Fury's like actually, actually, like secretly signed on to that uh, Saudi uh, sports whatever conglomerate that's taken up, you know, uh, the golf and soccer. And he's like, oh, I've been doing boxing for quite a while now, fellas. Give it a program. <laughs> So, you know, we, we, we came into today uh, like, what are we going to talk about? And, you know, we, we got quite a bit in today. Um, have you guys uh, got your uh, your Meta Threads account yet? No, what the fuck? <laughs> I've not, there's, there's way too many social media things out nowadays, man. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm on I Facebook. I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna jump on Instagram and like that's probably gonna be about it. <laughs> I guess if Threads gets insanely popular, I guess I'll jump on there. But what do we even? I mean, doing essentially, here? Threads. It's just it's just Twitter. Yeah. Only that's, owned by Zuck. Yeah. So I'm like, what are we this doing? is why this is why Elon wants to fight him. He called <laughs> Elon said Zuck is a cock. Bro, like he is he's throwing out some serious shots, bro. Those guys are gonna have to fight at some point. Probably sit down and, and hash this out as like two businessmen who are like billionaires. But uh they need I, I think they need to fight at some point. <laughs> that would be the funner option. <laughs> Let's bring them in for SummerSlam. Uh, go ahead and do it. I Let's might I Saudi might have Arabia guys behind a, it. A Zuckerberg Musk fight. <laughs> See now, Ricky's ready to spend the Saudi money. Hey, if they want to, just if they want to put on, right, big lights, stimulate I the American economy. 
hey, hey, you know, Facebook is kind of funky <laughs> anyways, and Elon is Elon, so I'm sure they, they'd be okay with taking a little bit of Saudi money. I just wanted to see the fight. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, we're talking about social media moguls fighting, but catch us on social media on Facebook at... <laughs> Space City Recreation Entertainment. Also on the the uh, Dirty Dina Studio Facebook group. Catch us on Instagram at Space City S R E, and on Twitter at Space City R E. <laughs> Catch me on Instagram at Brian's Beer Show, and on Twitter at this underscore those. Catch Ricky. Outside, if you can, he might Mission you might impossible. catch him taking a nap. Yeah, yeah. Mission Impossible comes out this week. <laughs> Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible comes out. Tom Cruise is um, on a mission to try and kill himself, so I'm gonna probably go check that out. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and get yourselves out there and see Space City. I completely forgot. Oh, Ricky disconnect there. <laughs> <laughs>